1: Happy Wednesday, hump day, everybody. It's the Lucky lefty Podcast. I'm your boy Sean Davis. Man, that day before the haircut is always the worst, man. <laughs> the Nor Boys are back. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, make sure that you do so responsibly. You gotta do it responsibly, dude. I'm going to do this today's show. I actually have a couple of calls out. Um, We had a last minute. That's why I was late starting the show. Uh, Had a couple of calls out because left last night. Got offered to host a golf outing. And it was confirmed late this morning. And yeah. So that's the audible we had to call. So. We are going to do an oh and another thing show tonight. Left and I will be back this evening, probably around 7 p.m. Eastern time. So that's 6 p.m. Central. We'll be back to talk about some things, but I did not want to leave LL Nation hanging. Right. So. I'm going to dabble into saying congratulations to someone in a few moments, but as always, we are available, all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown on CFB Nation. Leave five stars, leave your comments, we greatly appreciate it, it's the Lucky Lefty Podcast, you already know, we spin it different. So, today, you know you know me, the producer, and me. It's like, man, I'm a content creator. Fine, we'll go out, go ahead and knock out forty five minutes to an hour, and then do another hour later on tonight and This is what we can um uh, get into huge congratulations to one LeBron James on his accomplishment last night and his accomplishment you know i can always that's just a producer in me i can take anything that happens and bring it to notre dame and talk notre dame based upon that so i was looking at the accomplishment and everything surrounding it and the silence of michael jordan the silence uh, or the actions of anthony davis and plenty of videos that have gone viral the presentation the stoppage of the game in the middle of the third quarter yo it's just so much that was awkward about that moment right it was awkward about that moment so it made me think about this do you feel awkward as a notre dame fan the way things went down with tommy reese like With him being a former player, him being a coach, him starting to elevate himself, looking better as a coordinator. I know most of you might say, nah, I was off him a long time ago. How do you feel? Because I think based upon what I saw over the weekend, there was a certain type of awkwardness. About the entire situation for a lot of fans, to whereas they were upset, it kind of had a Brian Kelly vibe to it, leaving for LSU, but it didn't in a way. And some fans held back on firing off on Tommy, you know, even though they were upset. It was just different. I I definitely think it was an awkward situation for the Notre Dame players, right? And that's why we kind of gave the name Mr. Morale to the show, right? I think they gave congratulatory tweets and posts on social media. Of course, Jaden Mickey (laughs) was a little petty with his Instagram posts. But just the awkwardness of the situation, especially with the the non-relationship as Lakers, right? He passed a Laker great last night. And even as Kareem passed him the ball, it was just like, ugh. You felt the tension. And you know the disagreements they've had on political and social issues. Then you look at the picture they take And LeBron doesn't put his arm around Kareem. He kind of just puts it up on his shoulder. And it was just an awkward situation. A situation that really should have been, like, pure, enjoyable for everyone. Clap of the hands, regardless of whether or not you like him. Clap of the hands, yo, that's a great accomplishment. Do your thing. So, first LL question of the day. Do you feel like, as good as you feel about where Notre Dame is, an opportunity to go out, interview, vet a nice list of very credible and reputable offensive coordinators that can probably come in and do an incredible job in 2023 with the Notre Dame offense? But then just feeling like, man, the way things went down and everything surrounding that, even going back to a year ago and some of the things that we've chronicled over the last two days. Is this an awkward situation? You know, because for me, Marcus Freeman was very Jordan-like in the midst of all of this. I think Marcus Freeman's silence in the midst of this is very loud and says a lot. I think Marcus Freeman went right to work and I don't think he waited to get the official word. I think he's prepared. I think he learned his lesson from a year ago. And I think conversations with people like Lou Holtz, his mentor, coach Tressel. I think these are the type of conversations that might've been had face to face with some manure whiskey. Sometime throughout the year. So although we might have felt awkward in the situation and how it went down, I do think. In this situation for a lot of people and specifically for the program. Whether it's players that are on the currently on the roster or players that are coming to the roster or might commit to the Notre Dame. Program in 24, 25 years down the line. I think Marcus Freeman has become Mr. Morale. Because the program has suffered through a lot of minutiae and manure just in the last calendar year, whether it's the nine and four season, the up and down performances of the quarterback that most of us really didn't expect. Man, Michael Mayer pointing out after the BYU game, the locker room issues, which, man, the locker room is really what kept things level in this program for a while. So that was shocking to hear. And even with all of that, I would venture to say that moving forward, Marcus Freeman kind of relieves that awkwardness in my opinion. Marcus Freeman dealt with a lot as a first-year head coach in Notre Dame. A lot of external things, a lot of internal things, several locker room things that were unexpected, right? I think the Tommy thing was unexpected. I think the locker room turmoil and where it came from and the players it came from was definitely unexpected, right? Not that you don't have issues come up in the locker room. I'm sure that happens all the time. I've never been in a college or professional football locker room, but I'm sure that's pretty common on an annual basis. But sometimes it shocks you where it comes from. So there's been a lot of things that have been going on and I truly believe that, that was to get rid of the old culture. And this is just me. Something happened for Notre Dame. That in the midst of that awkwardness, it, gave, it gives Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame now the ability to truly create the pure culture that he wants. Under his leadership. Under his leadership. And it might have brought about some awkward moments, awkward events. Hopefully, this last event with Tommy Reese leaving to go to Alabama is the last of those awkward events. But man, it's just really—it just seemed like, in my opinion, and you guys, let me know how you feel. It just seemed like it was a very awkward thing we were watching unfold right before us. I'm like, li- we were literally. Halfway through a show, right, last week, and then the Tommy Reese news just breaks. And we're, like, getting ready to wrap up a show. And it's like, yo. And without reading information or digging into it or talking into anyone, my immediate reaction was, he's gone. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. I, I said it with confidence. He's gone. And even people that felt like at that moment, man, it's a lateral move. It's a lateral move. Why would he do it? He played at Notre Dame. He wouldn't leave Notre Dame. He told the kids he wanted to stay and build a championship. He just recruited all of these kids. He had CJ Carr coming. With all of that being said, here we are today. And I'm super excited because... I do believe at this point, Marcus Freeman is getting to a point where there are reports out there. I guess you could say that there's a clear leader. I don't think there's a clear leader. But, like anything, when you're vetting individuals for a position, you know, he talks to Coach Tressel, he talks to other individuals on the NFL level and the college level that have knowledge of certain candidates. Man, tell me about this guy. Tell me about that guy. You start hearing things. You start looking at resumes. And you start having preferences. It's just like anybody else. At this point, I'm very positive that Marcus Freeman has his preferences for who he would like to take the position. But there are conversations to be had to make sure that everything is a right fit right? And, has, you know, we right fit. We hit that all the time in recruiting with Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a different place. Yes, it is, right? Right fit schematically, right fit recruiting-wise, right fit in a lot of other areas, right fit as a man, as a person, as a family man. Who are you? There are a lot of different conversations that need to be had. And so I feel like the awkwardness around that was still there, even after Brian Kelly left, within the program, I feel like some of that is starting to leave, And the morale that we have moving forward from most of the fans that we've seen in the chat, and we've seen what you guys have been able to share uh, the last week or so, and just on social media, it seems like at large the Notre Dame fan base I don't know if recovered is the, last, is the right word, but it seems that the Notre Dame fan base has quickly moved on from the situation surrounding Tommy Reese's departure to Alabama as their new offensive coordinator. And that's, that's really good to see. And I really think that process has been helped because Marcus Freeman is the head coach in place. I really do think that's been helped along. Because he is the head coach in place. And I do think the majority of the fan base shares a hope and a faith in Marcus Freeman to be able to get the job done. And it's it's disappointing. Like I said, we respond to all questions and comments after the show. You know, yesterday we, we detailed some things that went on with the process of Marcus Freeman's hiring and how it compares to, you know, offensive coordinated candidates looking to come to Notre Dame and how they probably would have to accept the current staff because Marcus Freeman would like to keep the continuity of the staff for several reasons because this offensive staff is pretty darn good and has shown itself to be pretty darn good coaching and in recruiting. And so when you have that, You know, some people disagree with some of the things we said, but one of the things that stood out was was kind of alarming is that, you know, someone responded and said that Marcus Freeman should just be happy or feel lucky. And that kind of stood out to me in one of the comments. And I'm like, yo, is, is that where we really are? Like, no one should have the opportunity to create or be the master of their own fate in their particular position. Like what, what has Marcus Freeman not done in his career, not to deserve the opportunity when it comes, you know, cause a lot of times opportunity is about timing for a lot of people. There are a lot of first time hires that got opportunities at places that others might deem as, you know, man, they're not ready for that. I don't know if they're really qualified for that but they ended up being successful. That's not luck. That's a person building their resume and being in the right place at the right time. Regardless of whether or not Marcus Freeman was your choice to be the head coach of Notre Dame, he was in the right place at the right time. That's not luck. He worked. You do remember, he turned down LSU to come to Notre Dame. As a defensive coordinator, he turned down more money to come to Notre Dame as a defensive coordinator under Brian Kelly. He chose Notre Dame. See, this is why this is very important moving forward. This is a man principled and chose Notre Dame for reasons that had zero to do with business. So if that's why he chose to come to Notre Dame, why wouldn't he have those expectations of those he has to work next to? Because he did it. Great leaders never ask anyone to do anything that they're not willing to do or haven't done themselves. He chose Notre Dame because he recognized what was special about Notre Dame. He felt like he could make a bigger difference at Notre Dame because for him, it's much more than a Saturday afternoon when it comes to these young men. He's not the type of coach that disappears in the offseason and the players never see him until like it's time for the first spring practice. It's not the type of head coach Marcus Freeman is. So, look, I know a lot of things have been awkward. I know a lot of things have been awkward this year, Notre Dame fans. It's just been weird, man. It's been weird, right? Just look at the 49ers and like, losing quarterbacks and the way things went with this season, it ended up 9-4. and four. And even the way it ended in the Gator Bowl, right? That was just awkward, right? The performance of Tyler Buckner, but this man is throwing sixes, and throwing interceptions to the other team. Responsible for seven touchdowns total for South Carolina. It's just amazing had some level of awkwardness to it. And I'm not sitting here trying to promote that it was like residue from this, residue from that, but there was just something about the season, something about everything that was going on to where it's, you know what? I'm happy. You guys should be happy as well. That the opportunity is there. To possibly take a step forward as a program. Now, uh, Marcus Freeman has to make the right hire. He has to make the right hire. As on him, man, there are a lot of people that have had great opportunities and made the wrong decision. And it cost them. It cost them in the long run. And Marcus Freeman... Yeah, uh, defensive minded guys. They have they have offense from a different perspective. They know good coaches. When they meet them, they can pick up on who they are as a person. More than likely, you're gonna get a really good person coming in as the offensive coordinator. Now, whether or not they're gonna be a great play call. You know, if it's a guy like Joe Moorhead or Andy Ludwig that's has a history resume of being that, you feel very confident, right? I told you guys a week ago when the news broke that probably one or two assistants would be interested in the job have things to filter out, you know. So, and those things won't really filter out until after the Super Bowl. Most coaches and agents are in Arizona this week and they're trying to find out where their clients fit on the NFL level. And if they don't fit on the NFL level, then, man, we have to find them opportunity on the college level. So still a lot of dominoes to fall still a lot of dominoes to fall in the coming weeks when it comes to coaches and when it specifically comes to Notre Dame and the offensive coordinator position, I predict. By next Tuesday or Wednesday, legitimately, by next Tuesday or Wednesday, someone will rise to the top. Someone will rise to the top. Lucky Lefty Podcast. I don't know what's going on with the connectivity. Uh, you guys give me one second. I'm going to pop out and then I'm going to pop back in and we'll get right back into it. One second. <laughs> Mario Dunlap, <laughs> I see your comment. That must be on the west side of town. <laughs> the back connection. <laughs> oh, man. Michael Campbell says the offense needs to show the speed of the athletes, not make them look like the narrative of no talent. I mean, that's something that definitely is going to be part of Everything I wanted this connection you guys help me out, right? because my connection has been fabulous, and then all of a sudden, recently, um my sister's come in, she's moving into a new condo, she's staying with us while she waits for that to be the new one to be finished up, so she's logged into her stuff, and like I said, you know, we just got the peloton, and now that's taken from the connection the internet. I'm adding a lot of things maybe it's affecting my connection. I might have to up my speed. I might have to up my speed to make sure that I can uh make sure this doesn't happen consistently. I'm talking to my boy right now. So, Yeah, you're probably right, (laughs) Josh. She's probably hogging the Wi-Fi. She is, because she has meetings all the time. And look, man, Derek, look, I'm, I'm like you guys, Derek. I'm sure you guys wake up, go to sleep, wake up, and every day, you know, it's this guy. And then the next day, that's another guy. Then you hear about another interesting uh, candidate. And it's like, oh, man, what about this guy? Now we're hearing about some of the NFL guys that might be interested in the program. I'm really shocked. I'm really shocked by Sean Lewis, who's a local guy who just got the job out there with crime in Colorado, has been rumored to also be connected to the job. For him, it probably is a dream. To coach at Notre Dame, like I I tell people all the time, Chicago was a Notre Dame town. Always has been, always will be. It's a Notre Dame town. So for him, a young man growing up in the area, probably grew up a Notre Dame fan, more than likely, if you talk to him honestly. His experience, he's very well respected. And it's probably a dream come true. And we go back to Marcus Freeman wanting people that are like him in the building, that ultimately want to be at Notre Dame. And that makes Sean Lewis a prime candidate because I truly believe for someone to get a position, that's kind of a prime position, pun intended, out there in Colorado. And for him to show interest, it has to be about the fact that it's Notre Dame. It has to be about the fact That is Notre Dame and the fact that Colorado was a rebuild and what he would walk into at Notre Dame is absolutely 10 times better than what he would be walking into, you know, at Colorado. So I'm look, I absolutely love, you know, to answer your question where Notre Dame sits in this process and honestly, I think they can go get whomever, whomever they want. But I go up and down, man. I, To be honest, I really don't even have a favorite right now. I don't have a favorite right now. I really don't. I don't have a pick. I go back and forth. And oh, this is funny. I am garbage man. Could you tell ESPN 1000 is an N D town? You know, radio, they go with the the bills. Whoever pays. You know, whomever pays. Love Luckwig, David. I love Luckwick. I love Moorhead for several reasons. Um, Johnson. You know, from the Eagles. He excites me. As I said before, there are a lot of reasons as an individual. While Byron Leftwich would tickle my fancy, but then there's a lot of questions that will be connected to him. So I don't get as excited about him as I would be about Joe Moorhead and Andy Lutwick. Joe Brady. I have a few questions about him. You know, so... We'll see. We'll see. We will see. So now we move on from the awkwardness, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFE Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, all of our great content. Leave five stars. Leave your comments. We greatly appreciate it. That's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. We spin it different. And you're right. The score, you know what it is as much as this is the battle. And give me a few moments, guys. This is the battle. This is Big Ten country at the end of the day. And what you have, I think every Big Ten school has a bar in the city of Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. Some, I know there are several Iowa bars in Chicago, several Iowa bars, several Illinois bars. I think there might be a couple of Indiana bars. So, this is Big Ten country. A lot of people out of the Big Ten live in Chicago, work in Chicago. But at its root or its roots, Chicago is a Notre Dame town. So, ultimately, that is the battle right the roots and the people that grew up here and then the people that went to other schools wisconsin is another yes thank you for that domo wisconsin has several bars in the downtown area so it's a constant battle with the big ten and people that are transplants that come here to work or went away to school and became fans of those programs battling with What is the natural culture of Notre Dame being the college football team of Chicago? So that's why. And I think from a radio programming standpoint, it makes more sense to gear things to the masses, which would be probably the collection of the Big Ten schools. So that's just my opinion, you know, from working around it and seeing the business side of it. And this is coming from a person, I produced Notre Dame basketball games for two two years, for two years, right? And this is the great era, like when Notre Dame basketball was really good, they were winning games, getting to the tournament. I was there for that. And I don't miss it. I don't miss it at all because Jack, Jack Nolan was – I love Bob Henning. I love Bob Henning. Bob Henning is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, one of the greatest engineers on the college level, and what he does and the way he's able to communicate, convey things. And I think he was behind Notre Dame actually building their own studio to be able to um, do the games right there on campus which is fantastic, which is why I went away from ESPN 1000 here in Chicago. So, but Jack was something else, right? And then Zach Hillsland, who actually lived in Chicago, and he was doing The Color along with Jack at that time on the radio. Zach was super cool, super cool. I think he's still here with his wife in Chicago. So those are great relationships and great times for me. Right. So. Absolutely love those guys, but it's a Notre Dame town at the core, basketball and football. Absolutely. Just a few more moments. And then I want get, to get to your comments and questions. Oh, this is a man. Look. Selfishly. That's a great question, Freddie C. Okay, here's my short list. Chris Quinn. I think Porter Moser is a possibility. I know there are reports out there, but I think he's a possibility. First of all, because of him being a Chicago guy, once again, Chicago roots. Being a Chicago guy, growing up under the Notre Dame culture, Digger Phelps, where he coached, which is a Jesuit university at Loyola, right? Familiarity, and he's a Midwest kid at heart, right? So there's a chance because of who he is at heart that he would feel more comfortable and would love to come to Notre Dame rather than being in the Big 12 at Oklahoma. So so Chris Quinn out of the NBA, Porter Moser. I would definitely make a run at him. Um, I just don't see Jay Wright leaving the TV booth right now, the TV studio right now. Let's see. And who was that oh, in Delaware that coached under uh that played under Mike Bray? Inglesby. I will have a conversation with him. But yeah, that's 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 about it. I think John Gross, who was formerly at Illinois who has gone to Akron and he did a great job at Ohio before coming to Illinois was okay at Illinois. They ended up letting him go. He went back to Akron and now Akron was in the tournament last year. They're tied for first with Toledo and Kent state currently right now. I I think he would be a great choice. He's a really, really good coach, really big time, great recruiter. And can recruit Chicago. He recruits Chicago like crazy, right? Xavier Castanega, his star point guard right now, Chicago kid from Whitney Young. He he really has roots in Chicago when it comes to recruiting. So that's that's my short list, right? And give my dream guys Jay Wright, Chris Quinn. He played Notre Dame. He has NBA. Um, offensive mindset so he can bring that to Notre Dame but also that toughness of being around the Miami Heat and the toughness of that organization not only playing for that organization but coaching in that organization Chris Quinn would be on my short list so it would be Jay Wright Chris Chris Quinn Porter Moser and then uh, Inklesby. Up there for the Delaware Hens. I would talk to all of those guys. And that would be my short list. And I probably would expand it. I would expand it. Yeah, Porter Moser would be a home run. In my That would be a home run. That would be a home run. Absolute home run in my opinion. Absolutely. Somebody drunk Vigo. They asked me about Notre Dame basketball. I mean, that's my first love, honestly. Basketball is my first love. I can talk basketball all day. All day. Uh, Robert Smith, Coach Vic. uh, This is last year. Jay Carr, I believe so. Chris Quinn would also be a great hire. Robert Smith is retiring. This is his last year in coaching. He said he's going on to do some other things. Uh, This is his uh, swan song at Simeon. So, yeah, D-Rock, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, I pay attention to Notre Dame basketball. Come on now. I go back to the days of Lafonso Ellis, David Rivers, Amon Sweet, Edgar Bennett. I go all the way back there, baby. I'm locked in. I'm locked in to Notre Dame basketball. I know what I'm talking about a little bit. Going back to what we were talking about, David Jones, you know, says, yes, silence is golden. Maybe MF silence is just as golden as the dome on the, in the admin, admin building. Yeah. And it's a process that every coach has to go through, right? I'm sure every first-year coach, man, I'm sure – Nick Saban could tell stories, absolute stories about his first time. You know, so it should be interesting. It should be interesting. Once again, we'll be back on tonight. I just wanted to jump on and give you guys a little bit of content. Just wanted to give you a little bit of content. Talk about some things. Malik, he had a previous engagement or had an engagement that he booked Late last night, couldn't move it, and I'm not stopping that man from making his money. I told him, go make your money. So we'll be back tonight to dig deeper into some things. But I really just wanted to talk about the awkwardness within the program over the last year or so and how I really think that that is kind of being uncovered. And Notre Dame, led by Marcus Freeman, is going to be able to walk into a new territory in a new place. From Vigo, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, do you guys think Tommy Reese stabbed Sam Hartman in the back? And we'll talk about this later. We'll talk about this later. Um, that's interesting. That's interesting. Lucas C. The podcast is under CFB Nation. On Apple Podcasts. If you go to CFB Nation, you'll be able to find the Lucky Luffy Podcast on CFB Nation, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Do you guys think Tommy Reese did Sam Hartman wrong? Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Jason Hewlett said, hell yeah. Okay. Okay. Jay Carr says, yes, he did. No chance Sam had any clue he was leaving. Okay, Steve C. said, definitely not a backstab. So he's on the other side of the coin. Mr. Dub says, Sam Hartman is old enough to understand business. I can rock with that. Michael Ruskin yes. 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time tonight. <laughs> Brendan Stannard said, a man is only as good as his word. I, I agree with that. Marvin Bell, I see you said, yes, yes, sir. And underscore VR, we don't know of Sam Hartman to come with him. I guess so. I guess so. That's a good point. Michael Rusinoff said no. It's part of the game. That's interesting. That's an interesting way of looking at it. What's this question here? Josh Miller, did you go to full sale, Sean? Full sale. Full sale. I'm sure that's a reference to something. I just I'm not catching it right now. I'm sorry, Josh. <laughs> Double down said maybe not stab, but he sliced him Zorro style. <laughs> nicely played, nicely played. Uh, Jay Card. Now this is interesting. Unless Marcus was more involved bringing him in. That Marcus. Remember, Marcus said that when he was asked about Sam Hartman the Monday before. The Gator Bowl when they had just, the first, very first press conference when they arrived down in Jacksonville, he was asked about Sam Hartman, if you remember. And he said that ultimately any move that will be made is his decision. He made that very clear. Whatever quarterback that would come in, it was going to be his final decision. He was very adamant in saying that during that press conference. So, you know, I would venture to say that Marcus was heavily involved in Sam Hartman coming in. And not only did Sam Hartman want to play for Notre Dame, but he wanted to play for Tommy Reese, and he wanted to play for Marcus Freeman. I I can see that. Full Sail University? No, no. I'm a graduate of the University of Illinois. I went to University of Illinois at Champaign. That's where I went to school. Now, I went to school that I went to finance was my thing when I went to Illinois. Um, Because maybe you might be asking to, to get into the business. So finance at Illinois came out, did corporate America, got out of corporate America, did my own thing had my own accounting businesses that really was focused on non for profits and ministries. And then from there, I went into real estate, picked up some properties, did that, and then ultimately decided I wanted to get into this business. So I went to, at that time, it was called the Illinois Center for Broadcasting, which was a one-year program for those that had a degree already and i forget what they call it now because they changed the name but it used to be called the illinois center for broadcasting downtown chicago and from there i interned at it was comcast sportsnet chicago at the time they changed the name since then and then i interned at espn Right, And then once I got done interning and moved on from the program, I ended up going to WGN, worked there at WGN Radio for four years and produced Blackhawks games, produced Northwestern basketball. Uh, They had just gotten rid of the Cubs when I arrived. The Cubs have moved from WGN. And then I also produced overnight shows, which is like the most. Shout out to the producers that do overnight in radio. Like, man, tip of the cap. You all are the best. Profound respect for anyone that does overnight radio. And then after that, I moved on to ESPN. And then decided to leave ESPN to focus on college football because that's what I wanted to cover and wanted to continue to grow and do. So it was uh, Illinois Center for Broadcasting. Oh, okay. No, I I never knew about full sale. This is my first time hearing about full sale. Thanks guys for clarifying that. Yes, I am very cool with Jonathan Hood. He is my mentor, one of my mentors in the business. That's my dude. That's my dude. Oh guys, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Doma Walk, great question. <laughs> I decided so full disclosure, I was producing a White Sox game one day. And I wasn't running the board. I think I was in the other studio doing the highlights that day. And Jonathan Hood walks in. And I was John, Jonathan, I was his producer at nights. And then he got moved to mornings with david kaplan and i still stayed at nights and we rarely we didn't see each other as much as we did but we always talked because i was still producing his podcast which was the under the hood podcast where he talks to celebrities and sports figures and so that day we just happened to be in the studio together and he was asking me what i wanted to do and he just shared with me that yo, just in that moment I really think you need to focus on college football and just go in that direction. Now, the way I did it, (laughs) full disclosure, still to this day, he probably disagrees with the way I went about it because literally I made up my mind. I had already, I had been a guest on Irish Breakdown for like two years up to that point and I had a Notre Dame podcast of my own. That Brian Driscoll and others, Jason Sap was like my first connection when he used to work at Blue and Gold. Shout out to Jay Sap, former Notre Dame player. Great dude. That's my guy. Matter of fact, I got to talk to him next time I go in uh, in March to South Bend, catch up with him and his family. Uh, Jay Sap, um, also, I'm uh, forgetting my man from 247. Ah, we had him on the show or whatever. And then Driscoll, it's Wilfong, Steve Wilfong. It was J. Sap. Then I met up with Steve Wilfong when he would come up to take recruiting trips, and I think he was working for Notre Dame. And then Brian Driscoll. Like Those are the three guys i met. They encouraged me to do my own podcast. I was doing my own podcast, really just posting it on my SoundCloud and getting it out there. And I was trying to get ESPN 1000 to put it up and play it on the weekends. And they just never bid. They never bid on it. So finally, Hood just flat out told me like, yo, there's a lane there in college football. If you find the right niche, you know Notre Dame football. Of course, with him being a huge Georgia fan, we always talk college football. And that's it. You know, and I just flat out typed up my letter of resignation maybe a month later and everyone at the station was shocked because, you know, I got along with everybody, bro. I, you know, I come to work, I do my job and I come home to my family, you know, and everything else that's going on in my life with ministry. So yeah, I just made the decision cold Turkey. And at that point in time when I made the decision, this goes back to timing, right? What we talked about earlier, man, made the decision and it just happened to be around the same time that Brian Driscoll was looking to expand. So with us being friends, we were talking about things and he says, yo, man, you should maybe you should try recruiting. You know, with my experience with kids, you know, in ministry, because that's what I've been doing for the previous 20 years. I was like, absolutely. I love it. And that's how I started out. And even before that, you know, I'd had conversations with Malik, ongoing conversations about doing the podcast. He was still waiting for some things to come through because I think he was still doing some stuff over overtime and everything. And everything just came together really organically. And here we are about a year and a half later. So, man, when I tell you I'm an extremely – Grateful and blessed individual. Uh, And I don't take one day for granted and I don't take Notre Dame fans or LL Nation for granted. I'm not playing when I say it's because of you. Uh, I'm very humbled to know that any success that we've had to this point collectively as a podcast and for myself individually is directly connected to the fervor and fandom of Notre Dame fans so I appreciate it I greatly appreciate it and that's what drives me even when we have something happen like today where Malik is like man I can't do it can we push it back I'm like no my brother go do your thing I'm gonna find a way to chop it up with LL Nation for a little bit and then we'll do a later show tonight so man it's because of you guys so And Mark, you guys don't know, Mario Dunlap, who's in South Bend now, literally, we grew up in the same church. Shout out to you, big bro. He was one of my mentors as a kid. He's one of those young men that you looked up to. He was like five, six years older. Really cool. I don't want to call him a ladies, man. But, you know, the, the ladies liked him, you know. So he was that dude. He looked up to him. Very popular. Smart, smart individual, him and his older brother were both really good dudes. So when you have people like that in your life that are really good people that you can look up to, you know, for several reasons. Man. Oh, thank you, Joy. I greatly appreciate that. Greatly appreciate that. Sean Paulus, my man, how you been? Thank you for the love. We greatly appreciate that. Man, thank you, Ryan Loftus. Man, we appreciate that. Each and every day, I'm telling you, there are days that we're like, man, especially before the Tommy News broke. It's like, man, what are we going to talk about? (laughs) What content can we bring? And it's because of you guys that we say, hey, we can talk about this because we always know that LL Nation and Notre Dame fans will forever keep the chat lit. Forever keep the chat lit. Bernie, thank you. Absolutely thank you. Thank you. So that's my encouragement, you know, to anybody out there. As you know, I get ready to close. Always keep dreaming. Just keep dreaming, right? Because a lot of times we do things out of necessity, especially early in life. You know, you're learning yourself. You're growing and you think you know what you want to do and you think you found your passion. And as you grow, you know, you keep building, no matter what happens in your life, as I said earlier this week, when you have the mindset that things are not happening to you, they're happening for you, you'll recognize and realize that there's always opportunity around you in life. Always opportunity around you in life. So, man, take advantage of it. We support you. All of you guys know my prayers are always out there for you. For eternal blessings and favor upon all of you guys, man. Upon all of you guys. Thank you, Jason Hewlett. Thank you for helping me produce. Jason Hewlett is my producer today. He's in my ear. Like, don't forget the Super Chats. <laughs> I think there were two. If I missed them, Marvin Bell, we appreciate you. Hey, man, appreciate you showing up for LL Nation. I had to. I had to. We scheduled it. I want to make sure we did the show. We can always come back and do another one. Uh, Jason Hewlett says, I feel sorry for Buck. I feel like they can't find a lane for him. Yeah, I I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying there. I see what you're saying there. All right. Random question here from David Flores. When are you going to bring in either Jalen Smith or Will Fuller as a special get? Look, Jalen and Will, those are assignments given to Malik Zaire. He has the relationship with them. Will Fuller has recently retired, so he should be easier. Jalen has really gotten back into the league, had a great year with the Giants, so we'll see if he stays with the Giants or gets another look with another team. Jason Hewlett, I'm actually working on Lee Beckton. We can expect Lee Becton and Jeff Burris really soon. Lee Becton and Jeff Burris really soon on the Lucky Lefty podcast. Drunk Vigo, are you drunk, man? This is a random question. Is Groundhog Day one of your favorite movies? When we say favorite, are we talking like top five, top ten? I don't know if it's top five. It's definitely not top five for me, to be honest. Definitely not top five. It Top 15. Top 15. I, I, I'll i say that. It's top 15. And see, Shell is doing some things in business. Shell has actually communicated with Malik. They talked so Shell is going to do the show. Uh, DeVaris Daniels is going to do the show. It's all about timing with these guys. <laughs> Antoine Gates said, I bet Harlem Knights is in your top five. <sighs> that, you know what? Fringe. Maybe five, six in that area. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's five, six. Because I'm not, I'm a genre heavy guy, right? So for me, I am very much a suspense thriller type dude. So most of my top movies are like suspense thrillers. Right? I'm a huge James Bond fan. So at least one of those would have to be in my top five. I'm a huge 007 fan. I remember watching on the Black and White back in the day when they would play the old Bond films on Saturday night on ABC. Like Channel 7 here in Chicago. So Godfather. Definitely top five. Right? You know. Casino would probably be top 10 for me. Shawshank would probably be top 10 for me. And that's why I say things like that. Scarface would probably be top five. Heat would probably be top 10 for me. It's a lot, man. That's a lot. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. That's why I can't just say Automatically that coming to America is top five, right? But it's definitely my favorite comedy. It's definitely my favorite comedy of all time. Definitely my favorite comedy. And if the right OC is hired, will N D be a national championship contender? That's a good question, Jess Kayla. That's a good question. And I would venture to say, yes. But I'll extend that beyond this year because you didn't say in 2023. I say yes to 2023, but the right hire extends that ability to 24 and 25 for Notre Dame, in my opinion. So yes, my answer to that on multiple levels is yes. Omar Austin said, top five overall would take me forever. I have, see, that's what I'm saying break it down by genres i love movies and going to the movies same here uh, i'm looking to go see uh, the free movie in the next couple of days with joseph secor t.i and uh, terence j because i heard it was a really really good movie and my wife gets me into the rom-coms uh, i know i'm not sitting here saying i'm a huge rom-com Person, but there's there are some that are really good movies, right? You now don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me, but there is one movie, in my opinion, that is an absolutely hilarious movie. Mickey Blue Eyes. Mickey Blue Eyes is one of my favorite movies to watch. I have to think where it would sit in the pantheon of movies and film for me. But Mickey Blue Eyes was an incredibly hilarious movie. Incredibly hilarious. Incredibly hilarious. Right? Oh, Vince Vaughn. Uh, what was that? The breakup was pretty with Jennifer Anderson Is that that was pretty funny? Um, the movie with Owen, Step um, Wedding Crashers, pretty hilarious. Step Brothers, pretty hilarious. Tropic Thunder, for several. Tropic Thunder is so inappropriate, man, on so many levels. But yes. Tropic Thunder is, is a funny movie. But yeah, Mickey Blue Eyes is. Yo, know, and then, you know, I'm a, I'm a silly guy, right? So, the Ace Ventura movies, especially the second one, you know, with me being a silly guy, that's just me, man. <laughs> man, check it out, Bernie. I'm telling you, man. Mickey Blue Eyes. It probably doesn't come across as one of those movies that you'd be like, yeah, I want I want to watch that. But it's it's funny, man. It's funny because it's romance, it's comedy, and it's silly comedy. Some might think it's over-the-top comedy, but it's, it's, man, it's just so many scenes in that movie where it's like, what in the world just happened? Man, so thank you everyone for jumping in today. We're going to get into the major topics tonight. Once again, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And if there needs to be a change in the time, I'll post it on social media and on the YouTube page. You know what time it is. <laughs> Petty cord. Peti-
0: Peti- 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 Peti-
1: Petty Junction, Pettiest Story of the Day, brought to you by Anora Whiskey at com. that premium American whiskey dot com. Lilo Galante, I agree. Yeah, look, now, I don't agree. You know, there was a post on Twitter yesterday that was kind of going at John Morant because he went to a private school growing up there were a lot of real ones in Chicago that went to Mont Carmel brother rice because they were in my neighborhood. So just because you went to a private school that doesn't exclude you from being about it as masterpiece said <laughs> once upon a time. So I think that post was petty that went at him. And I, I do think that job ja needs to calm down. Like, this moniker being the most hated team and everybody hates us. like, dude, you stop, stop, just go play basketball. Just go play basketball, you know, and no one in the NBA is really about it when it comes to fights or boxing, but we had a special, special <laughs> ticket today. Let me tell you something about this dude, Kyrie Irving. This man met with the media in Dallas and had the audacity to say he was selfless during his time with the Brooklyn Nets. And then went on to say, I did my job. I left them in fourth place. Something is really something is seriously wrong. Like he he is definitely a a flat earther. He lives in a different dimension. He just, he's different. He's different, man. But I have to put him on a petty train. Because that is really one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Right? Like, you literally, you can't be principled and be selfless. Can't have it both ways. Right? You can't stand on the fact that you chose not to take the vaccine Because of your principles. And then say you were selfless. During your time. With the Brooklyn Nets. You know who was selfless? That had the same principles as you? Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins didn't want to take the vaccine. But for the greater good of his team. He took it. And he's a world champion. He was selfless. Kyrie, you, my man, have not done anything remotely close to being selfless in a while. And I'm not here to attack you as a person. I'm not here to tell you that you should not stand on your principles, but you can't have it both ways, my man. It's either one or the other. And to mention that you were a leader, when? When have you ever been a leader? You weren't a leader leader in Cleveland, right? You weren't a leader with the Boston Celtics. And you've never been a leader with the Brooklyn Nets, ever. Get yourself together. Because guess whose team it is? It's Luca's team. He's the leader, along with Jason Kidd. So you won't be required to be a leader. Maybe that's why it's a good situation for you down in Dallas because you're not equipped to be one you've never been one and I don't foresee you being one in the future when it comes to basketball I'll leave it at that great show today thank you guys for tapping in once again Apple Podcasts Spotify YouTube Lucky Lucky Podcast smash the like button for us hit the notification bell go ahead and subscribe we greatly appreciate you. It's because of you, LL Nation, that we continue to be one of the fastest-growing podcasts centered on Notre Dame football. For left, I'm Sean Davis. We bid you adieu until this evening, where we'll give you another episode of the Lucky Lucky Podcast. Have a great Wednesday, but most of all, make sure that you spin it different